Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. Back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Hi, homesteaders. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Annie Sturveis, from the Urban Homestead in Pasadena. I hope everyone is doing well considering the challenging times that we're living in. Here in Los Angeles, we're in our third month of quarantine, and it looks like we have about another two months to go. Uh, As we get used to the new normal, one thing that really hasn't changed is seasons, and the season here is spring. And it is a beautiful spring with flowers bursting and birds and butterflies and bees floating and flitting all about. In times like this, I remember one of my favorite quotes from from, uh, this woman, Minnie Amanier. It says, uh, when the world wearies and society ceases to satisfy, there's always the garden. So today we're going to talk about gardening and farming and all that good stuff. So joining me is my brother and head farmer, Justin. For those of you who have visited the homestead and have the pleasure of receiving the farm boxes, you know Justin works tirelessly, nonstop, to grow and supply food to our community. Even on a small-scale farm like ours, when they say farm hours, it's pretty much farm hours, uh, sun up to sunset, and even more so um, with the increase of farm boxes. Uh, Justin the other day posted on his Facebook page, just another day at the office, and his office here is our urban farm in Pasadena, and it is a gorgeous spring day today. Uh, perfect weather, not too hot, not too cold, birds are, the birds are singing, flowers are blooming, it's, it's beautiful, I wish everybody could see it. And it's lush thanks to the late spring rains. However, I said um, we are in spring, but Mother Nature is still not sure of herself, and sometimes she uh, throws these weather whiplash. So the other week it was 90 degrees, and now we're back 95. to 95, almost 100, and now we're back to 65. Te- yeah, 65. So which is nice. So let let's delve into gardening and farming and all that good stuff. So tell me what's been growing on in the garden um, now. So we're mid mid May. And um, well, well, let's go. Let, let me just back up again. So, besides what's growing, how's the weather? The wacky weather been affecting the garden from, like I said, we go from 100 to to 100 one week to 70 the next week. Well, it does affect um, the tomatoes. Love it, love the heat, but the salad mix not so much. So, my staggering or how do you call it? The succession planting of the salad mix was thrown off because all the mustard and arugula bolted really fast. And I was talking to this um, another farmer, and she said, "Yep, the heat through everything just bolted really fast. So, uh, one one or two days like that, and my salad mix schedule is thrown off. It's minor, and it is winding down, but uh, the tomatoes are exploded. They love the heat, and the cucumber is looking good. Uh, I got about half the tomatoes in the ground. I haven't planted any beans yet. I'm a little behind on the beans, and some of the squash." Um, I got a late start on. Mm-hmm. Well, we have been uh, kind of sidetracked because it was, you know, up till March, we had a pretty decent schedule. It was like uh, a routine, you know, you were, everything was clicking and, you know, and then 
Ooh, COVID struck and everything sort of went woo and about, sort of like detoured around about. But uh, we're thankful that, you know, f our farm is an essential uh, service to the community. So we're still in business providing the farm boxes. Um, but what is, what are the, you know, besides the challenges of COVID and, um, and things like that with the, you know, reduced income from the catering, yeah, the we restaurants. Yeah, we were talking to a uh, friend today and they said we had uh, 10 income streams. Let's say we were diversified and we had 10 lines of uh, different options where uh, money would come in and now we're down to basically one. And in a, in a good way, it makes everybody focused on one thing because we were, you know, we're still three of us and um, trying to do everything on a, on a budget and by ourselves takes all, a lot of work. So the good news is we're now focused on one, um, one project, <laughs> one project, I guess you could say. So how has um, the COVID affected like the farm in a sense, besides the safety, we have to have a certain, you know, we, everybody who comes on the property, mask, gloved, washing stations. Uh, we have farm box pickup is we have offer curbside. So we've had some changes. How, tell me about that. Well, I mean, tweaking, minor tweaking, and going through a lot of gloves, been through a lot of cleaning materials, peroxide, uh, soap and water, cleaning everything before we use it and then um, or reuse it. And then some things we can't reuse, like the, we're talking about egg cartons and some of the um, reusable bags. It's just not, mm -hmm. I can't uh, risk, it. risk wash, you know, where they've been and what they use it. So we try to use bio bags and stuff like that, but it's a little bit more plastic waste than I would like, but that's because of the gloves. And, I know, uh, joke with a friend, I said, <laughs> all our re reduce, reuse, recycling uh, record has been basically thrown yeah, out the window. The hardest part, I mean, the hardest part was when it was 95 degrees and you're wearing a mask and you're sweating and it feels like you're, uh, you feel like you can't breathe because the mask is wet, so I had to take a, uh, take a break and take the mask uh, go sit off to the side, take the mask off, and catch my breath because that was pretty. Uh, it wasn't too bad in cold weather because it keeps your face warm. But mm -hmm. yeah, cold weather, California cold. But it's uh, it's been a challenge with the gloves and the mask and just the cost. Even the mm -hmm. cost of them, they're not. Uh, a couple of people have donated some of the masks, so that was nice for the uh, for our, for our volunteers. volunteers. So yeah, because they go through a lot. So yeah, we appreciate the donations for, for from masks and, and gloves and things like that because that helps because that's a cost that we wouldn't have expected. And also, we appreciate the interns and volunteers that show up, continue to show up and show up repeatedly because uh, without them, it would be almost impossible to continue. Our world would be longer hours, mm -hmm. very little sleep. But uh, mm -hmm. we appreciate. The core group of uh, interns and volunteers that come every week and sometimes twice and three times a week. Yeah, and I find out that you know we hear from the volunteers that you know thanks to that you know there are not many places open, and so to, for us to be quote I mean of course limited limitedly open um, for them it's uh, it's therapy to come to the garden because um, you know mentally and emotionally they they find um, stability and recharge well the energy the energy is off the charts if you want to sit down and um, sit down in the garden and fortunately or unfortunately the place is in full bloom because we can't sell any of the flowers or very much of the flowers 
but everybody likes coming back and walking down the driveway to pick up their farm box and see everything. Um, the strawberries looking good, the mints exploded, the peppers are taking off. Um, the Druze and artichokes are hitting four or five feet. Um, the purple goosefoot's taking off too. Um, what about blackberries? What oh, the blackberries are ready. Blueberries, um, what else? Oh, there's a lot of blackberries out there. I have to go pick them. The tropical ones are ready. Strawberries, the first flush is done. Looks like they calmed down a bit. Second flush. Um, and probably next week I'll probably have to check the bees again. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we talked about it last time. I'm trying to get get around to uh, checking them every few weeks. Yeah, so as, like I said, we are in uncertain times. Apparently growing food has become more important than ever. I think we talked about that in our, one of our previous episodes, how the seed companies have, you know, uh, seed shortages and, and things like that. So um, how are you dealing with uh, any spring pests and diseases that have come up? Uh, so we're, like I said, mid-May. What's, what's any pests and diseases you're dealing with right now? I was surprised I haven't seen famous last words, but I was surprised that the heat um, didn't bring out the Brigada bugs yet. Um, I thought the 95 degrees would heat. Um, bring them out. Um, fortunately, I didn't see much damage. Um, the aphids came on and got the broccoli, the end of the broccoli season, the broccoli plant. Wasn't too worried about that. Caterpillars got a little bit of those. Um, but the hardest part is with the farm boxes uh, taking off, it's kind of the succession planning got a little um, messed up and the watering schedule got a little messed up. So the oils help, the oils, the clay pot irrigation helps. And the volunteers that come in and, and bail me out a lot of the times because I'm so busy with other things. Yeah, so pretty much right now um, you're dealing with the farm boxes. So when you say they help come, so because you're doing 100, sometimes 150, 160 customized farm boxes. So when we have them come in, they, they, they are able, you're, they, you have them water and pick and pack. So they've been essential to keep things going because we've been focused on just the increase in numbers of boxes. Um, that are coming through here, the farm boxes. Well, I mean, we have a core group of farmers and a core group of interns that help because um, it's impossible to grow all over ourselves. We're able to work with uh, local farms and farmers to bring in stuff that we can't grow. And they need an outlet, and we have an outlet, and people need to eat. Mm -hmm. So speaking of people need to eat, um, for those who are interested in starting a garden, how would they get started? Um, I know we talk about their soil orientation, irrigation, and the picking of plants. So those are like the, what, four main things. Uh, you, check, you check your soil, you check your orientation of sun and, and, and the things, irrigation, of course, and the plants um, specific for your place. So what would you suggest? Because I think I said more and more people are uh, finding that growing your own food is going to be uh, important, um, especially now. Well, a lot of, some of the volunteers... Um, or more of the volunteers have taken to heart, like going home and planting things or taking seeds home or taking plants home or taking potting soil home, and they were trying to grow it themselves. So I've been on the phone and texting um, friends and uh, interns about tips and tricks of what to do now. So what are the, um, yeah, so what are the tips? What are people well, the hard part is they said, where, where to get to dirt, mm -hmm. you know, and that's hard to say because most of the dirt, Almost all the dirt you buy today or is available commercially has very little, if any, nutritional value to the plants. So, um, and then they also, I don't know how they s tell them to start small mm -hmm. because it gets, 
you get excited, it is springtime, um, you could basically plant anything right now, and they're, oh, yeah, 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 um, okay, yeah, dinner time for the kitty, um, so it's hard because our, because we've been here, and I like to give everybody some soil, but, to start with, so I, I try to help out, they're talking about spacing, planting, what to plant now. So um, when you talk about spacing, tell me what 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 they ask you. Because they read the instructions on the back of the package, and they say you know three feet between rows or something like that. And, and like, what yeah. do you say? And then they look at how we've been growing, and there's <laughs> it doesn't, there's it doesn't no, correlate with the back no of the seed spacing. packet. So there's so what no they spacing. say? Wait, what do you guys do? Well, I said the farther apart you grow things, the bigger they get. So we're growing. If you grow on kale for salad mix. You grow, uh, I put them really close together so to sort of dwarf them. Um, if you go in for a kale for bunching, you plant them farther apart. So the farther apart you plant things, the bigger they get. So that's one advice. Uh, soil, um, you can compost, use your own compost, make your own compost. Um, What's you the can easiest also way to make your own compost? Dig a hole and fill it up like we used to do 25, 30 years so ago. So it was a dig a hole method. So basically, just a dig a pit in the ground. Dig a hole. We had a trash can lit on it and filled it up with compost and put dirt on so top. Food and scraps, yeah. Food scraps. I mean, food scraps. And then other questions are if their bed is, you know, 6, 8, 10 inches deep, how much dirt, and dirt ain't cheap, to fill that up. And you can use cardboard. You can use uh, newspaper. You can use leaves. Um, at the bottom and fill it up and by the time the roots and the water get down there it'll be decomposed um, so you don't have to totally fill it up with pure you know if you could afford worm castings and rock dust and all that good stuff you could sprinkle that on top and what are some of the other questions they've been asking um, is horse manure or cow manure good because they're either near a farm or near stables and it's a little bit as good and too much is uh you fill up a bed with horse manure, it's not going to grow, grow anything. Um, you fill a bed up with uh, cow, cow patties, it's not, gonna, it's not good. It's um, about a mix. So, yeah. It's a good so percentage, you know, just moderation like in life. Moderation is good. Um, and I'd like to tell people that start with potting soil as a base if you have to buy something. And just remember that anything you buy has no nutritional value, basically little to no nutritional value. Then you can use that as a base and then put in worm castings, rock dust, um, fertilizer, or any kind of compost that you have, and then you mix it in and use that as a starter. You know, as I say, as a base or a like a it's like it's like a temp, not a template, but it's like a um, like flour. You know, yeah. in a recipe, the, we the have, like flour, we and then you add the ingredients. Yeah, I think we talked about it before the planting mix. Most planting mixes that you get is a lot of wood shavings or has no soil in it. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the, what do you call that? Um, too much, too heavy or too dense. So hopefully they get excited. And also why my, our, or my, the biggest change is that I'm no longer able to get wholesale plants, vegetable plants, because I would, you know, cheat a little bit and buy peppers wholesale and sell them to the farm box customers or grow them to sell the peppers. And the farm, I mean, the growers have been selling out and instead of two pages of herbs, 
and vegetables they're down to one column and the minimum order I can't you know justify especially if there's no flowers to grow and no flowers to, nobody's buying flowers it doesn't justify buying flowers so not only is there run on toilet paper there's run on seeds and plants yeah and I mean, chickens chicks too I think we talked about that too in the last episode but yeah so that's interesting it's like we can't who would have thought that you know well at one time I got that uh, 50 flat delivered or whatever and that was the last shipment we might unfortunately get for the next uh, few months yeah because i mean that you they can't just whip up plants i mean yeah. once they're gone and they're they you know they're sold out well it takes 30 days you know at least get something big enough to sell mm-hmm. you know you could sell i mean we have we got some plenty of seeds and plenty of things but sometimes just the transplants, just give it that one extra. You only need one or two plants or something, and you don't need to buy, you know, a whole package of seeds and stuff. So that, that, um, I'm a little behind on seed starting, but. So, yeah, so maybe that's in, we'll have to get, the, get a little bit better on that, but um, some of the volunteers um, to work on that. But like I said, the garden is beautiful. I mean, I wish people could see it. Unfortunately, we don't have the monthly tour, so nobody can see it. Um, hopefully, um, po- they see the postings on Instagram and Facebook of. We the, did get the laundry to landscape installed yeah, in the city yeah. of Pasadena. So let's all talk. Yeah, so a little bit more about that. So city of Pasadena offers. Here we here we are. Like I said, we're blessed to live in the city of Pasadena. Well, first, they offer the kit. Yeah, so um, we're here in the city of Pasadena. They're encouraging people to be more the the residents to be more sustainable, and they offer this program called the laundry to landscape, where they take the laundry water and basically put in your landscape. Before they offered, it was a year ago, they offered the free kit. Now, they actually, not only they offered the kit, no, they just they, they say, we'll install the whole thing for free. So we got that installed for, um, here at the homestead. So now our laundry water goes out into the front yard as a gray water system. So not only now, so our tub water is also um, used in gray water. Our laundry now is gray water and like I have an outdoor shower. So we're, we're thrilled to pieces at the city of Pasadena and offers that, and like I said, free. That was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it was a two-day two day job, and then that's, sometimes I wish I could have more time to do jobs like that um, and new projects like that, but I get behind and tired. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it is, like I said, the, the Farm Box program has tripled in size, which is great. Um, we're really blessed to be able to offer the food to our community, um, in these challenge, you know, COVID uh, times where people are looking for food and fresh food and not wanting to, you know, avoid grocery stores and, 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 and spaces like that. Um, but it is an increased workload because they are um, customized uh, farm boxes. So each um, box is different. different. So it takes longer, but it, it's, it's um, we have happier Customers, because here's a lot of customers have dietary issues, and we're encouraging people to grow their own. So of course, a lot of people have their own um, food, herbs, yeah. and so you know why sell them a surprise box that's just going to go to waste when they have a lot. So uh, the system, you know, it, it takes a lot more time. Maybe you know, definitely a lot more time, but it's in the end, it's in the long run, it, it it makes more sense. There's no waste. People are happy, especially like I said, with a, a lot of people have food allergies and things like that. So what are some of the um, so we're working, we are, we're a multi-farm CSA, so what are things, some of the things going in the farm boxes uh, this last couple of weeks? Uh, the, we're a little light on the fruit this past couple of weeks because we're in between citrus, citrus season, 
the blood oranges, tangelos, and navels were winding down. So we had grapefruit, avocados, mandarin. Um, that was from one farm. Then um, carrots, beets, and cauliflower. And then the new summer stuff is coming in. Cucumbers, squash, and peppers next month, probably June. And we'll have peppers ready to go. So, and a lot of greens. Uh, we're still heavy on the greens. We have a lot of salad mix. I did make a mistake on the salad mix. That was pretty... Uh, well, that was it. Wasn't a mistake. It was just it was the, the heat. It had a, we had a little issue with the with one of the, the salad mixes. Yeah, I was trying. To, I tried something and it didn't work. So That's okay. live and learn. Yeah, you live and learn. So, um, so what are the things that are going in now? And in, in that you said tomatoes in the summer garden. So, what's some of the new things that you're planting this year? Wow. Oh yeah. Well, we, before okay, so. <laughs> So the new things we're growing this year, strawberries, they were supposed to be for the educational outreach uh, program, about five, uh, 500 bare root strawberry plants, and we plant them in the earth boxes, and they look awesome and dynamite. Um, that's the good news. The, bad, the quote, bad news is they're not going to make us any money in terms of buy the basket. So you turn them in a jam or something like that. Uh, other things I'm trying is some... Um, South American novelty fruit. I've also grown rice. Uh, first time, well, not the first time. I think I tried it before, but this one's that are actually growing. So I have 48 plants of rice. I'm going to try that out. And that was more of an education. I have some Andean tubers. Yacon, which we grew about 15, 20 years ago, and we lost. Uh, Oka is another tuber. Looks like little grubs, oxalis tubers. And then mashua, which is a nasturtium that produces a tuber. Um, and then another Andean, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, it's an Andean uh, crop. So that was, I'm not sure if it's going to make us money per se, but it was an, just an interesting crop that uh, I think will do well here. Yeah, so the thing was, spring started off really amazing. We had you know, scouts and school groups. So what, what you know, with the nonprofit, what we were trying to do is do like an educational farm. So we were going to do like cotton, wheat. So when the kids came here, they had the experience. They would smell the herbs, taste the vegetables, see unusual things they hadn't seen before, hold a chicken, see the bees. And so that was what the nonprofit was going to focus on, on the like the farm to table experience. So unfortunately that got, you know, uh, side, side yeah or the paused not I would say big pause button on that so we're still going to grow the thing so hopefully I don't know hopefully the schools and everything will come back in the fall and they'll get to see the amazing things we grew this year for them but um, we'll see um, the pomegranate looks good it's loaded with flowers the figs are start uh, the celeste figs has baby figs on it um, what else peppers look good the cucumbers are looking good some of the tomatoes, I'm behind on trellising. Uh, with the heat, they exploded. I got a little behind on actually putting so the trellis in the ground before they before So planted. what kind of trellises are you using? I like the, well, we have some 20-year-old trellises that everybody hates, but they do their job because they sort of get a tangled mess. Um, trellis, what do you call it? Expandable bamboo trellis. Expandable bamboo trellises are really good. And we're able to fold them up in winter and bring them out in the summer. The cucumbers are three or four feet tall. The tomatoes are coming in. Mm -hmm. So if people were to start their own garden, um, you, like you said about the, 
the soil and orientation, of course, you know, how much sun they get. Irrigation, what would you t ask, tell them about irrigation? Because like you said, I think on some of the tours, you would say if you had to do things uh, over again, you'd irrigate, of course, before you planted the garden or plant, not you planted and plant the garden, right? Yeah, Oyas help. Um, so tell me, what, what is an Oya? Oya is a clay pot irrigation. They help spot water. So you put one Oya in the ground and you and plant you around it. And how do you spell that? O-L-L-A. Mm -hmm. And you put them in the ground or in a pot and you make a self-watering container. Trip irrigation is kind of hard to put in after you plant, so please try to do it before you plant. I think I talked about it earlier or another episode about some of the methods we use instead of connecting all the beds together to make them 30, 40 feet long so that we didn't have to start and stop the drip irrigation. Um, I'm still a newbie on that. I haven't got the hang of it, but it costs us about $300 to do the backyard on drip irrigation with some free uh, irrigation from a friend of mine, free tape, free mm -hmm. drip tape. Now for picking plants that people will say, oh, like I said, don't bite off more than you can chew. We're, we're 30 year, 32 year growing, so like I said, you're adding like you were just talking about all these new exotic plants. So what would your suggestion be to for people to pick plants? Of course, what you, I think in the tour you say, grow what you do, do you, you do, do you, let me start, grow what you eat, right, already. So if you eat if tomatoes, you don't eat it, yeah. If you don't eat it, don't grow it. Mm -hmm. But then also, I say people get excited and they want to grow Brussels sprouts. Now, they're very hard to grow. and Well, here in in Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Here in Southern California, <laughs> they're very challenging to grow. It's possible, but they're very challenging. Um, other people want to try carrots, and they just realize that you're going to, one seed equals one carrot, you know, so try to encourage some multiple harvest crops that they can come again. And try not to, I'm not saying overthink it, but, Keep you know. Keep it simple. Yeah. The plants will grow. Now it's hard to say what when they'll grow or where they'll grow, but and then the season thing there is it will get eventually get too hot for peas or broccoli. So their seasons, Southern California seasons are different than you know other seasons where you can grow peas and, and broccoli are grown in summer. So basically, and, check your zones, your seasons, learn what grows. Yeah, at we what grow time. those are far, fall crops for up the broccoli, the cauliflower. Um, our fall crops planted and they come into early spring. What about uh, companion planting? This year, um, I'm doing, well, last year I did a lot more marigolds because we were selling edible flowers. This year, I'm not doing marigolds because we're not selling edible flowers. So in one, in one raised bed, I had baby tomato plants, I had cilantro, and I had pak choy all in the same growing area. So um, the tomatoes were small and everything was small. Then the pak choy got big and was ready to pick and then the cilantro got big and was ready to pick and now the tomatoes are taking over the bed. So I got three three harvests from one basically one square foot of bed um, where most people would grow a tomato and leave the place empty. So I encourage people to to multi-story, multi-planting with Raise beds because the tomatoes, when they're small, um, you can companion plant herbs or salad greens. Or I think I talked about it before. Is last year we grew kale on the north side of the tomato vines, and the tomato vines shaded the kale. So um, don't just plant one bed or one plant per bed. You know, 
experiment and you can get three harvests we got three harvests from the one uh, bed of cucumbers or tomatoes uh, because then now the tomatoes are big enough and they'll take over the whole bed but for the first uh, two to three weeks or two to three months there you're able to companion plant around them till the tomatoes get bigger and take over yeah so um, like I said there's always we're always learning always growing um, and with farming you know one year doesn't repeat itself in the next year. So for people who are, um, you know, starting, is there, because um, like I said, we're almost winding down to the end of our uh, time here. Uh, you know, for those who can't come on a tour or talk to you in person or, you know what, maybe send, shoot us an email. We can uh, maybe answer a question on the next podcast with Justin, you know, specifically if you have a garden question, that would be great um, so that we can maybe be more specific on um, what people are dealing with. But any, like, tips and tricks or what's, like, words of wisdom from Justin who has been doing this farming for pretty much his whole life? Uh, what are some of the things you tell people, like, uh, you know, that they, they come, you know, that the volunteers and the, and the, and the interns come and, like, okay, Justin. So tell- one of them was, their, one question was, their tomatoes mm-hmm. were yellow, and the person said, well, do they, you know, how often do they need watering? And I said, well, and he told me, told me how much he was watering them. I said, just don't water them. And because I just suspected they were overwatered. And sure enough, he stopped watering them and they started green up. So it's very hard to overwater in the desert, but it is it is possible the tomatoes don't need that much. Um, they could yellow because of not enough water. They could yellow because too much. But when, when I was told, I suggested don't water as often, and they greened up right away. Um, most people don't water enough. They sprinkle the soil and it doesn't get deep enough. So that's that's a challenge if you're hand watering, um, especially in raised beds. They th- a couple of sprinkles and they think you get six or eight inches down. You have to repeat, keep going um, back on that. And like I said, mix and match. Don't just plant one bed of eggplant or tomatoes. We have salad mix growing in between the eggplant. We're able to get eggplant growing and our salad mix growing at the same time. And start small. Don't. Um, don't do a thousand square feet or whatever like that, and because then it gets you can always add. You well, can. it gets overwhelming, yeah. and then if it, if it, I feel sorry for all the people that gonna may fail because they bit off more than they can chew, and hopefully, um, it's been a relatively mild year, and and with a, a lot of practice and a lot of trial and error, hopefully everybody can get a decent harvest. Yeah. So, um. Anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we close on uh, this? We're in mid-May. Uh, and, mm. <laughs> I mean, like I said, be, you know what like I said when they you're always now the studies are saying you know being in your dirt, being in dirt, you know improves the the mood and the mind and being outdoors and gardening and food and health and it's funny now we're all all comes down to just growing your own food and having a garden. Yeah, I mean, I people are inspired. They see the pictures, they see the thing, and they're inspired to um, start a garden and just realize it's, first of all, it's not, it's not that, it's not as hard as it looks, but it's also going to take some time and it's not going to happen overnight because um, the soil takes time, 
takes uh, time to build up. So don't get depressed or demoralized if the things don't work out. And if, hey, if something doesn't work out, turn it over and try again. Um, mostly in Southern California, we have a year-round growing season. So if, um, if you fail, try again. It's, don't overthink it. You know, don't overcomplicate it. But also be careful that uh, it is it is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. So, so it's not it's not people think they get chickens and they get free eggs or they plant tomatoes and they get free free tomatoes. It's like no, not really. It requires a lot of work and a lot of time because yeah. it's, it's not instant. No. So you plant a tomato now. Our gentleman was here today. He said he's going to plant pepper seeds. I said, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a couple months before they get ready to go. Yeah. And I think people's hearts in the right place, and they they all get excited and want want to try what we do what we do, and we appreciate the uh, inspiration that we we're inspired to help them. We're inspired by seeing them inspired. I mean, we just see them talk about when they come, the volunteers or interns come back, and they talk about their. They have some really good. They have some really good questions, and I'm I how do you say that? It's questions that I haven't asked myself in years, (laughs) or. It's challenging questions like, "What should we do here? When is well, this ready to here, pick?" The next time you should tell, call me, and we'll record this because yeah, it's like when when do you pick something, or when is it ready to pick, or when when how much do you water, or what's in season? You know, so almost uh, they're teaching you how to like communicate. articulate, communicate <laughs> how Justin does this. So well, that right, it also but you have to realize that we've been doing this a long time, yeah. so. Um, some of the volunteer comes in and says, Vaughn, your stuff is growing faster than hip. Well, you know, it is our, it is our full-time job. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a, we've been doing it for 27, 30 years. So, and our soil's getting better every year. Yeah. So we'd like to, like to believe that. Well, on that note, um, getting better every year. Thanks for sharing what's been growing on here at yeah, the Urban Homestead. Thank you the Farm Box supporters and the interns for helping us out. So until, fun. yeah. So, uh, hopefully everybody, like I said, be safe, be well. Um, as we all shelter in place at home, we remember home is the heart of everything, heart of where we feed the family, feed our souls, feed the community. So we hope to continue that and we'll catch you next time. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. We love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden.